get your smoke on, I'll get your chill on, let's get these conversations on, crawling on moms, and anybody who's living life, the Pop Moms Podcast is Yeah, me too. You guys, we gotta talk about microdosing, because... Because we're doing it. We're doing it right now. (laughs) (laughs) The best way to talk about something is to do it, and then talk about it as it's happening. Here at Pop Moms, we really support... Putting ourselves on the line for you. <laughs> I was Let's start say, finishing sentences we that way. Really, yeah, I know. That would be actually be funny. We really support exploring your consciousness. And I do not think that psychedelics are for everyone. But they are for me. They so, are for me too. I have made so many important life decisions on psychedelics, which I know some people will scoff at. But ultimately, it allows you to get out of your own way. It breaks down those barriers inside your own head. Yeah, and I think that now that microdosing is becoming so much more commonplace, maybe not so much, but in my bubble of, my sphere of influence certainly, uh, more people are realizing how monumental it can be. Yes. You know, as opposed to a decade in therapy unwinding your trauma you can do a really intense trip and make some decent headway, you know? If you use it correctly. Yeah, again, we are not advising to do any of this. We are not doctors. We are not specialists. There are people out there doing this and facilitating it in a much better way than us two moms eating mushrooms in our bedroom. But <laughs> but we will say that, like, if you are open to it, you have to be open to it. If you have totally. any qualms about not do about any negative thought, honestly, any negative thoughts going on, I would highly recommend not, not doing, doing it. it. I know. And I tell everybody, like if you have never done hallucinogens, the first time you do it, have a spirit guide, somebody who's like very familiar with them and used to doing them. And also if there is anything that you are lying to yourself about, it will come out. Yeah. Like if there's anything that you are not facing insecurities, truths that you know are true that that little voice inside your head is always fucking sassing you about but you're like shut up little voice when you do psychedelics that little voice goes bye-bye oh and it's it becomes your voice and you're like now i will not ignore this truth this truth is now me i must live in this truth and move forwards embodying this truth but that's how you make it work for you and i love how you said that because that was really really eloquent if you try to fight it that's when you have a bad trip yeah and like i would honestly not recommend it for people who don't who feel like if you feel like you can't lose control when you smoke weed do not you are not ready for psychedelics (laughs) yeah you're not ready to be losing that kind of control and I wasn't for a very long time I was very fearful of them because I wasn't where I wanted to be mentally yeah so I I didn't I I probably just started doing them again in I'd say like the last year yeah and I so I basically never did mushrooms ever for a long time because I tried They just kept making me sick. So even right now, before we started recording this episode, I was like, oh, I'm starting to feel queasy, even though we are literally just did like a square of a microdose chocolate bar. Two squares, liar. Two squares. Well, (laughs) you know, but (laughs) you know what I mean? Like we did a very minimal amount, but still, especially mushrooms, right? They like make you feel kind of queasy. Empty stomach. Yeah, Yeah. I would say queasy. I usually have to do them on an empty stomach. I feel like most people I know feel a little queasy on psychedelics and there are people who don't, I'm sure, but... But so for the longest time, when I had tried mushrooms, I just like projectile vomited immediately and didn't trip. I tried tea, I ate them in mushroom chocolate, and I did like straight up mushrooms in a peanut butter sandwich. Peanut and, butter is a way to go. Yeah, but all three of those times I felt super sick and didn't trip, which was weird. And this was like... That's not worth it. When I was, I don't know, 19 or something. So then I just never tried mushrooms again. But then I had, you know, many an acid trip that I loved in college when I was talking about making those important decisions. Those were always on like acid trips, realizing, you know, <laughs> I wasn't acknowledging some truth. So for example, 
I had a terrible trip one time after STS9 Red Rocks 2009, I want to say. STS9. Oh, my God. We're dating ourselves. Sound Tribe Sector 9, baby. But, and I just was crying hysterically under my friend's table because I felt so guilty for not taking college seriously. I had been at the University of Denver. I did a year there, very expensive private school. Then I went off to travel and, you know, came back to Colorado State to try to, again, refocus on my studies. But I just, like, fell into the same crowd. I was partying a lot, whatever. Went to this show, got high on acid, went home, had a meltdown, called my mom, like, apologized. Like, I'm so sorry I'm not taking college seriously. Still to this day, I don't know if she knows. Well, she must know she now. She will know now. She'll, she'll know now because she listens. Anyways, but it, it was a truth that I was ignoring. I wanted to make my mom proud. I wanted to do well in school, and I wasn't taking it seriously. And the acid was like, bitch, you're about to take it seriously. And after that day, I started to, you know, and I mean, still school was a journey for me, but it was, it was such a turning point. And then later I decided to move home from Colorado on acid. I was still in, I had gone back with my ex after we had already broken up once. We got back together. I loved him so much because he was one of my best friends. And that's like why our relationship was so great. But ultimately our lives just, we wanted different things. Our personalities didn't quite jive. Like he was very his genetic set point was sadness and my genetic set point is ultra joy. And so he would always call me his ray of sunshine, whatever. It was like this, you know, dichotomy that worked really well for us as friends, but like would ultimately make my life less. Drag you down. Yeah, Yeah. I know. And I hate to even use that word, but yeah. So fast forward to an acid trip where I was like, this isn't it. I'm back again. I'm falling into old habits. I have to get the fuck out. And because we are such good friends and all of our lives are so enmeshed, I have to move out of Colorado to do it. If I stay in Colorado, I will keep getting back together with him or I will stay with him. So I moved back to Seattle. And, you know, my mentor forgave her alcoholic stepdad on acid. I mean, it just, like, allows you to get through your own shit and move forward. It removes barriers, yeah. yeah. And how does... The guy in How to Change Your Mind talks about it in a really beautiful way that I love, where... When you are, so think about a sledding hill. After people have been sledding on a hill all day long, there's like very intense tracks and you can only really go down those tracks even if you try to put your sled in a different spot. It'll divert and it'll go right back into that. Exactly right. And that, think of your neural pathways in that way. And hallucinogens are like psychedelics. Yeah, it's like a fresh coat of snow. And all of a sudden you can create these new neural pathways. And so it can just be so transformative for people. Yeah. Myself included, which is why I'm, you know... Big, I big pro microdose. <laughs> big pro micro macrodose. I should. I was gonna say. I should also preface like acid is not a microdosing thing. In no, my it's experience. an all or nothing. People do it, but I don't know how. <laughs> no. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and actually, you didn't know how to microdose weed until today when we talked. Because I was like, oh yeah, we could talk about microdosing weed. And she, I was like, what? Was, you can how mi- do you microdose weed? Yeah. I know you just take less of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know, but you're like, I don't know. In my mind, I'm like, that means doing. I I feel like. For me personally, the impacts of cannabis are not strong enough for me to, like, be able to microdose. No, totally. But but we're speaking to a plethora of people who are at different stages than our seasoned old haggard ways. (laughs) Seasoned old veteran stoner ways. I did mushrooms in high school, which was awesome. Um... (laughs) I remember one time, yeah, I mean, I just had, I have really great memories of of doing it in high school in also very transformative ways where 
I don't remember where we were, what we were doing, but someone who was not tripping was driving us in a car to a park, and I saw a toilet on the side of the road, and I was like, none of this matters. <laughs> like, none, and, and where I then applied it to is, like, yeah. none of the bullshit high school stuff matters. Oh, my gosh, None yeah. of, like, all of the shit that, like, right now, like, has me up in a tizzy. And I really do honestly try to draw back to that when, like, life gets really crazy, when ADHD gets really crazy. I literally picture back to Brookfield, Wisconsin, on the side of a road, a the fucking broken-down toilet, which I don't know if it was there or if I was just fucking seeing shit. <laughs> right. Because I'm like, who the fuck in, like, Brookfield, like, Wisconsin is putting, like, a fucking toilet on the side of the road. I would, like okay but i would say i think that's a very common misconception of psychedelics let me just insert here that, oh, that you will see things yeah absolutely you i was being take, funny you have to take so many psychedelics to literally hallucinate i mean in my experience and what would I'd you like, see like i, I mean know. i've done it so many that it's just what it does is blur borders or make colors more vibrant yeah. like it's not like you have little mushroom children like copping up on natalie's shoulder yeah. like, well, and i love to explain it to people like it's like being a kid again, where you're basically experiencing everything for the first time again. At high because volume. all six of your senses are so much more heightened. So sound sounds different and more magical. Colors are more vibrant. I mean, literally yeah, right totally. now, I feel like the coloring in your face is more rich and I'm vibrant. I'm looking really good right now, too. So I'll go ahead and just add to that. You're looking so <laughs> good right now. I just got LASIK. My, my skin has healed from my last time. Yes. Um, fabulous. But no, I, like, I completely agree with you. Like Again, yeah. it's an amplifier. It is. It's such an amplifier. And I think it also just allows you to, you know rekindle your awe with the world. Yeah. And that is why I think it can be so transformative in this societal moment that we're in where people are just so divisive and caught up in their bullshit. Everything kind of sucks. Yeah. And when you do hallucinogens, again, it's like you go to this different place of consciousness where you are once again reminded that we are all connected, that, you know, the veins on your hand are just like the veins in a leaf on a tree oh my god so deep you know and like the deltas in a river it's like you see all of these connections in the earth and in yourself and in i think it just blocks the rest of the shit out and reminds you of that again it takes all because i'm not gonna fucking do excel right now (laughs) well preach we're not gonna you know what i mean we've designed our lives to not have to mess with excel much anyways but I love Excel. I yeah. love a good deep dive. But um, no, for yeah. her, you have. You've definitely, you've, you've nailed <laughs> I that. try to avoid that kind of thing. I have a fabulous account for that. Shout out. I, um, no, I would say that that was really, it was really good for me. But also, like, to your point, you can't run from anything when you're tripping. Yeah. And I think that that is, again, the cautionary tale. Yeah. Um, of using psychedelics in this way. Um, I do remember one time I was having a bad trip and I actually told um, someone that I was doing it with, it was my boyfriend at the time, and I told him, I'm like, oh my God, I'm a rain cloud and you're a rainbow. And that's like what reminded me of what you were oh, saying, like you're my little ray of sunshine. Yeah. But it was because like, I mean, I guess not at that point. I don't know where I was going with that. But Took like in the end, place. I totally like didn't treat him the way he deserves to be treated. Interesting. Oh my God, you were his rain cloud. No, I just was 19 and didn't know what the fuck I was doing. Oh, you know, we're all just... We talked about it, past cheaters. Yeah, I just was too big of a pussy to break up with him, which, like, he's an absolutely amazing person, so sorry. Uh, Well, sorry about it. It all worked out for the best. You and your husband are wonderful now. But yeah, I do think it is just one of those things where it cuts through all the noise. But it's, like, settled. Like, I'm so settled right now. Yeah. Well, that's good. Are you? I Oh, yeah. I feel very settled. I always feel, like, very chill. 
And you are always really chill. Well, thank you. That's funny. I mean, I very guess grounded. But I mean, oh, that's like also coming from like one ADHD to another. So yeah. like. <laughs> I know. I, I probably like, mean shit to anyone else. I was going to say it's hilarious that you say that because I feel like so many people in my life would not describe me as chill. No. But generally, I think, especially under the influence of things, like I am always, I'm always the spirit guide. I'm always the one who's, every, all my roommates used to call me Mama Post. I'm always the one who's taking care of everybody, making sure nobody's too fucked up. If they are, helping them out, offering them things, you know. Uh, that is, that's funny that you say that because I am, well, I mean, I guess I'm like saying that I'm the same way. I think yeah. I'm the same way. You are the same. I right? feel like you probably. Checking in, being able to like just calm people down. I'm definitely that way with, with, with kids. I learned that when I was at camp with my, um, with my son and his peer set. That oh. was really rewarding. I got like thank you notes from all of them. Yay. And they told me that my outfits were rad. I gave really good advice. They were so jazzed that I brought snacks, even though it was seaweed and they thought it was gross. They were so sweet. Like they just, so I was like, hey, try it. If you don't like it, toss it in the garbage. Like, you know, no, whatever. Uh, I um, love that you took seaweed as your snack for these kids. No, it wasn't for them. It was for me. Oh, <laughs> I, like, I just shared terrible. them. I mean, to Share. be fair, seaweed is so good for you, but you it's know. It's delicious. Yeah. I enjoy it a lot. I like it better than chips yeah um unpopular opinion <laughs> i was gonna say but you know it's delicious and it is healthier it definitely is. the healthier choice than chips i have two here if you want one. Oh, girl you know i do <laughs> but no i mean like i don't know back to microdosing i think it's interesting to view your life in a different way from time to time because we can totally. get so caught up in being like where am i compared to the joneses where am i compared to where my peer set that i graduated with we have yeah. all of these horrible things like facebook like all of whatever which is really great to be able to keep in touch with other people's milestones but like how deep does it really go i know i mean comparison is just the thief of joy and we now have so much research to support that we're all just driving ourselves crazy comparing ourselves with other people on social media but i do think it can be very helpful and like for example in the movement of decriminalizing mushrooms and psychedelic medicine becoming more normalized and mainstream all of that like thanks to social media people are talking about it true 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 you know so there is i think there are so many benefits to it microdosing and social media but also you have to be so careful with it and i think you have to be in a happy place you have to be okay with where you're at to to use it as a tool for inspiration oh my gosh i think that's the linchpin exactly right such an amplifier so if you're not happy where you are Maybe that. everything's an amplifier. <laughs> you heard it here for Mind blown. I mean, really, though, it all substances are amplifiers, right? So, Well, and to bring it back, because you did a really good job creating a segue window for me that I'm going to just jump through now. So after I stopped doing psychedelics in, I want to say, like, high school, early college, I didn't really do it again until, like, let me think. Well, it's so like, hard when you have kids. Well, right, right. You have to, and honestly, and, and I had a lot of guilt around, I mean, obviously this podcast has been instrumental in helping me be totally okay with my cannabis use. Yeah. So like similarly to around that time is when I started through, uh, honestly, looking at people that were following Pop Mom's podcast, oh. at, they started talking about using mushrooms to move through trauma. Mm. And I was like, oh my God, but that would 
amplify the trauma, right? Because yeah. you have to kind of live through it again. But I'm like, oh my God, that's such a great way to process it. Totally. And I think so much of what people experience as their trauma is the like lack of having processed it when it happened. Totally. 100%. <clears throat> yeah. So, but like 10,000 times worse. Yeah. Not to devalue anybody's like trauma journey because again, we are not professionals here. We're just talking from our experience. We should also do a little like educator moment. Uh, so microdosing you can microdose and not feel any of it. anything because I do really. it almost every day. Yeah, so Kate takes like functional mushrooms that are they're psychoactive but not psychedelic. Yes, like I, I never will see anything. I could take handfuls and handfuls of these pills and I yeah. would never see anything. Okay, okay. But I will say every morning when I so I take it five days on and then two days off. So I usually just do it not on the weekends. And this is just for wellness or for for ADHD? wellness to help me no to help me through anxiety. Honestly, okay, it was okay. it was really it was anxiety and just shifting my focus to be able to turn off some of the things that were detrimental to my well-being. Okay. So my drive to constantly need to be effective and doing something. Okay, my drive cool. to, you know, just, I mean, really honestly, that. Yeah. My output. Yeah. And so we both have higher tolerances. So today we ate two of those chocolate pieces, which, you know, we were talking about before. I would only recommend that, you know, a layman's person eat one, especially on a day where you're trying to do things, hang out with your kids, whatever. We, of course, have hours until we have to pick up our kids. Right. This is done in the name of the science of this episode. (laughs) Exactly right. We're doing this for you guys. Also to demonstrate that when you microdose, you can function and be a, you know, contributing member of society while also reaping the therapeutic benefits of some new neural pathways. Yeah, because I don't want to talk to someone who isn't on mushrooms right now. Yeah, there is that. <laughs> Certainly. I know. Um, but no, back to like, so my, the micro dosing that I do each day. So like, all I can explain, and this is how it was explained to me. And so maybe that's why my brain like takes to it that way. Because again, sled paths. Yeah. But it's just a shift. I noticed a shift where like the proverbial blanket that I had felt was lighter. Interesting. Okay. The things that were weighing me down, so to speak, were just more manageable. I love it. It was just the slightest shift, and whether it was perception, whether it was perspective, whatever it was, it absolutely worked for me personally because I didn't. I, that's the hard part. I was talking about it with a friend earlier this week. Like, I don't like you get to a point with a therapist where they can't help you unlock anything, and totally. it's kind of like in your lap now. Yeah. Oh my god! And it's 100%. almost like an accountability like situation where you have to continue. You have to put like I just say like put the pen to paper, put the the rubber to the road, whatever fucking works for you. Shit or get off the pot. Yeah. Honestly, is the one that I use. Yeah. I've gotten to that point where it's if I want these things to change, if these things are bad enough in my own life that I want to go ahead and change it, it's shit or get off the pot. No amount of talking with another person is going to help me get clarity on it. It's now in my control to go ahead and take it to the next level. Yeah, and so you took your anxiety into your control and started taking these mushrooms? Yeah. Is that what you're getting at? Okay. Totally. <laughs> I love that. That's Incredible. a great example, Natalie, of yeah. how I've been able to go ahead and do that. No, and there's yeah. there's a lot of other ways that then just, when everything else is a little bit lighter, like things don't, your brain isn't so bogged down with the yeah. bad feelings, I guess, yeah. or like the anxiety, like that anxiety brings, because anxiety is weighty as hell. And also just like all these, and your anxiety is coming from all of these conditioning or stories we've been told from society Very about what so. matters. 
you know, this late stage capitalist society that wants you to focus that on. That I this. love, that I love the targeted ads that I get. I mean, like, <laughs> nailing it. But I mean, overall, yeah, I have way like, too much shit. Well, and it's just this consumption model that, like, you can buy something to fix your problems. And you can, I mean, which again, though, we, we bought these mushroom supplements to fix your anxiety. But so I, I mean, guess, you can't not right? buy it. Like, yeah, yeah, I'm not, yeah, do- yeah. yeah. No, I know. But I'll, I, I'm spiraling off track. Thank you, microdosing. Um... I was just going to say that it allows you to like see through all of that bullshit, all of that messaging that you've been getting that ultimately starts to bog you down and build yeah. anxiety. And then you're just operating from the edge. You're operating yeah. from this place. Of, like edge. You're on edge. When then you're medicating, then you're med. I'm sorry. Then like when you're using cannabis, like then you're using it in the same way that you use a crutch that people use alcohol, that people use other recreational drugs. Like, yeah coping band-aid yeah totally and that's what that's my whole point of doing mushrooms doing psychedelics whatever is to stop myself from getting to the edge and getting to the edge yeah get back well and like let's just have a moment of compassion for you you are a mother of three who also has your own business i'm amazing no i mean trust me i get who also works out like you're fit you take good care of your body i mean you're doing like four full-time jobs totally given day so but like but it's changing the narrative in my head because i can be told that till the other person is blue in the face but you're still hyped up on all these things so it's like But I still have that mindset track of not doing enough. So, so then, or you like fixate on the workouts you didn't do, or you fix out, fixate on like what you could have squeezed into this week from a productivity perspective. So it's like by, by shifting, exactly. By taking my daily supplements to just shift away from that and have that be a quieter voice in my head. Yeah. It works out. I know. I love that for you. Someone very close to me in my life is exploring, and she may have already started doing them, um, anti-anxiety medication. And it's been so hard for me to watch because obviously, or not like watch, but every time she talks about it, I'm just like, oh, you don't need that. Like, don't let the pharmaceutical companies convince you that they have this fix. That I know. Why do I have elsewhere. that? That's like my first thing that goes into my head. I feel I really bad because I'm very similar. Because, but I also will say just. Well, but I do think that some people, it works it, for them, right? And, so it's not. And you need that in a lot of cases to get back off of the edge's edge, maybe. Yeah, totally. Get off the edge's edge. I get that. Um, but you know, I don't know if it's just my propensity to want people to do something more natural for themselves where I'm just like, have you tried microdosing mushrooms first? Well, because hypothetically we could go ahead and wander into the fucking forest and identify a correct mushroom and have a similar experience. We just now have been able to eat it in chocolate. I know, which is, I like that though, because heaven forbid, well, I guess now I'm kind of jazzed about this. I want this to happen. I'm just kidding. I don't, but I think it would be an interesting thing to experience if everything went down I mean, think about the, there was an Adderall shortage. Oh, I have yeah. friends who weren't able to access their medication. Right now. You know what I, I mean? Know. So it's like, so if we have plant-based medication that we could hypothetically get ahead of growing. Yeah. Well, it just opens a lot more doors for a lot more people to have access to things. Oh, I completely agree. And I ultimately am just like, I don't think that. And who's like, that was a delicious pill. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I, was gonna, like, I don't think that taking a pill every day Especially for anxiety, right? Like, yes, if you have high blood pressure, you take your pills every day so that no, you don't have a No, change your diet and That's exercise. Important. Unless well, it's hereditary. Too. Yeah, it's hereditary. But, you know, I just in mean... In this example. In this example, it is hereditary. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I just mean, there are many places where pharmaceuticals make sense, where a pill can fix a problem yes, to some yes, extent. Yes, yes, they know that, but we they're not that. here for that. And also, we support natural medicine, plant medicine... 
I feel like anxiety is one of those things where like it's obviously coming from your Something lifestyle else. in some way. And perhaps having a little microdose moment, you could take a step back. It's very or how much- about just a fucking break? A break from your anxiety. Oh, to be silly and have fun. Yeah, it's also great for that. Everyone that I talk to with chronic health issues is just like, I want a break from it. I want a fucking moment in time where it isn't all consuming, whether it be someone who's going through cancer treatment, whether it be someone who has, you know, impending surgery to fix something like everyone who has chronic something or other is like, I just want a fucking break from the chronicness of it. Yeah. And that is also a place for perhaps a psychedelic moment. Again. Yeah. If you think. Well, I'm really hoping that someday we can do Pop Mom's Paradise psychedelic retreats. I mean, obviously this would be, you know, in a time in the future when it's legal. I don't even know it's enough. It's decriminalized right now. The it's, only place that it's legal is Portland. And it's decriminalized in all of Washington State? Yeah. Okay, and then obviously in Colorado too. Yeah. Uh, and Oregon as well? I want to say. I don't yeah. know if you can do it at a city level. You don't know enough. I say Portland because... If you're a person who specializes in this or knows a lot about the legalization of psychedelics, please email us, podcast at gmail.com. I would love to interview you and talk to you about this um, because ultimately, you know, we are just speaking about our experience with it and what we and know. And the Google machine. Oh, Oregon voters passed a 2020 ballot making measures as it's the first state to both. I read that wrong. Oregon, like, can you read? <laughs> sort of. It's amplified. amplified. Oregon voters passed a 2020 ballot measure making it the first state to both decriminalize cyclocybin and also legalize its. I can say it however I want. <laughs> it's supervised use. It's a thing with ADHD that we don't say things right. <laughs> you learned it. I didn't. I know. Oh my God. It's like how I can say cannabidiol. Can- but it took me a really long time. Cannabidiol? Can- cannabidiol. That's cannabidiol. one of the words. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. But not, not that word that we said before. Not tetrahydrocannabinoid. <laughs> yes. There you go. That was, was really that right? good. That oh, was. We're just doing our best. Um, so Colorado followed with a similar measure in 2022. Yeah. So, so is it not decriminalized? So that's why I'm saying that it is legalized with supervised use. So that's in Colorado. Oh, in Colorado. Okay. Yeah. They but, followed suit there. Okay, good. Cool. Well, either way, I think it, so much groundbreaking research is being done now. Naropa has a program for it. A friend of mine is on that program, works in that program, and they, I mean, we just know. We know now that it can be so helpful and transformative. And to your point earlier where you were talking about, like, whether it's mental or not, you know, the shift that happened for you, we, the placebo effect is one of the most I would love a placebo effect. Well, one of the most effective forms of medication is the placebo. Well, whatever gets the job done, if it's a placebo or the real thing, I don't care. Yeah. Give me placebos then. Exactly right. That's great. Yeah, but... um, Put me in that study. Put me in that study. But whatever. All this to say. (laughs) It's like we're getting so distracted now. No, it's a circle. It's a circle. We're back around. Mushrooms are great. Mushrooms are great. Just try them. Microdosing is great. And honestly, like... Approaching them in a slow way. I was going to say, don't just try them based on this episode alone. No, you should. Like, on Fuck your it. Own. What else well, is going to make you do it? Well, yeah, I know. but We're I, at tipping point, too. No. But <laughs> I don't want anyone to come back and be like, we tried microdosing because you said so, and now we're fucked up. 
We quit our jobs and we're moving into the woods to go off grid. That sounds awesome. That's, That's the kind what of shit I want that to do. Will do to you, though. That's my goal. That's actually your life goal. One hundred percent. But no, start small. Yeah. And again, so like small. these hit us pretty quickly. So like we're just talking shop at this point. Like yeah. I would say, have a small bite. Wait fifteen minutes. See how you're feeling. Have a small other bite. Wait an hour. Yeah, like, like give yourself give some time. Give it some marination time. Totally. If you ate more food, it's going to take longer. I'm sorry. That's just the way that our stomachs work. I know. I'm trying to remember the last time I even did mushrooms was what? Fourth of July, like before Leon was born. It was so fourth of July for 2020. Um, and I ate like more than I normally would. Or just like I was trying to get fucked up because it was fourth of July. And then I just felt so nauseous. So like the trip was fun. But I was experiencing it while I was, like, laying down feeling terrible. And I was like, ugh, this sucks for me. So Mushrooms aren't, like, a party drug for me. Unless, I guess, you're doing yeah. something. But, I mean, they're very much for me daytime. I know. Like, well, they're this daytime was, ones. This was, like, 11 a.m. Totally. <laughs> 11 right. a.m. on a holiday, you know. And in a beautiful place, right? And so much of my joy with psychedelics is, like, experiencing nature, reconnecting with nature, getting back out and realizing we are one with nature. And That's why you open the window. That's why you open the window. Exactly <laughs> right. But, yeah, it does, like, warm up your body temperature, too. You just, like, feel clammy and toasty. Totally. Which is nice. But your body wants to move. Yeah, but on that day, I was just, you know, I was trying to turn up, and then I was like, never mind, turn down. I gotta lay down and just look at Lake Tahoe. And I bet that's what your body needed in that moment. I know. It was beautiful and wonderful. So, uh, recap, guys. If you're gonna microdose, start small. Like, really small. Like, start with, like, a bite of a bite. Like, 100%. I'm a huge proponent of understanding where, like, your tipping point is for this. Yeah. So, because you don't want to get too fucked up. Because then you're going to be scared to do it again. And that's going to impact the next decade of you potentially using psychedelics in a positive way. Yeah. And anytime you're using any substances, like, proceed with intention. The big toe in the water. Oh, yeah. that too. But, like, proceed with intention, you know? I think that... If you're going through something really intense, then maybe like journal about it before the psychedelics kick in so that that way when you are on them, you can have like a more controlled experience about what you're hoping to get on the other side. It's kind of like the self-coaching model, you know, where, where there's an unintentional model of like what your thoughts and feelings and actions are when you're not being mindful. And then there's the intentional model. Like, what do we want to feel? What actions do we want to take based on those feelings? That type of thing. So, you know, set yourself up for success so that you're not just, like, running like a chicken with your head cut off high and not sure how to process things. Because that's how it can be, too. And that's yeah. okay if, like, that's what you're looking for. But if you're looking to really make psychedelics impactful and, like, work for you, you have to set yourself up for it. But totally. it's honestly the same feeling I have about getting high and doing work is, like, you have to set your stage. You have to know what you're doing. You have to make sure that you're in the right environment. You have to make sure that you're in the right mindset. Totally. All of those things are very imperative in terms of then being able to control your guard, your guardrails. Yeah, totally. Well, stay safe out there, you guys. If you have any like tips or fun stories, because we love a fun psychedelic story. And we haven't gotten to M yet. Oh, yeah. We haven't gotten to M, which has Maybe a lot of- Maybe we can tell your story. Yeah. <laughs> for microdosing or mushrooms. They I was going to say, M. for what? Mycelium? I was <laughs> and I was like, MDMA? What? You're thinking too broad. Oh, I'm thinking that that's my new neural pathways are expansive. Go. They are. Okay, email us, popmomspodcast at gmail.com or DM us at popmomspodcast. Bye.
Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hi, my name is Kira Reed, and I'd like to invite you to be inspired by the women who are leading in the cannabis industry. Each week, we will discuss empowerment, leadership, and what it means to be a woman in charge in marijuana, hemp, and CBD. As the founder of the Women Empowered in Cannabis community, I have had the great pleasure to get to know many brilliant and talented women who are CEOs, executives, politicians, advocates, and community leaders that are focused on creating a cannabis economy that is just, fair, and equal. We'll learn how these women make decisions, how they navigate a predominantly male industry, and what they're doing to level the playing field for women. I hope you'll join us.